have in Jesus. I trust it's every mother's cry this morning that their child, no matter if they're one or a senior, will start talking to Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, worship team. Happy Mother's Day. We're glad that you're here today. You have a mother. Whether she uh, did a great job or she did the best she could, which is the phrase that we use at my house, I did the best I could. Uh, happy Mother's Day. And when I look into my daughter-in-law's eyes and my sons do something, I say, I did the best I could. It's up to you now. But happy Mother's Day. I'm Linda Shrek. I'm the family life pastor here. And so appreciate Pastor Greg trusting me with the uh, pulpit this morning on Mother's Day. And just want to mention, too, we have an incredible children's ministry team. Uh, I am able to preach in all three services today because we have an incredible children's ministry team. And uh, I won't have to dash off the platform in the second and third service uh, because we have such a great team. And today we're actually starting, uh, restarting children's ministry for the last service. Pre-COVID, we had two children's ministry services. Now, today is the first day we do it again, and I'll be in here. So that's a great team, right? Amen. So uh, today we're going to look at 2 Chronicles 22, the rescue. 2 Chronicles 22. The Lord wants to use you in a rescue mission, ladies. Now, we'll let the men listen in today. Uh, but today, particularly, it's for the ladies in the room. But we all know that God speaks to all of us when we use his word. So men, God has something for you today, too. So Second Chronicles 22, the rescue. And we're going to look at a very unusual rescue mission. But first, I'm going to put a picture of two families up on the screen. Uh, these two families in the 1940s were in Austria and Yugoslavia. The first family on the left has four siblings, four children. Uh, the family on the right has six children. And in the mid-1940s, through different events, di different circumstances, both parents in both families died. That left four orphans in the family on the left and six orphans on the family on the right. Ten orphan children in Europe in the mid-1940s. Not a particularly great time to be orphaned in that place, right after World War II. Well, there was a pastor in Brooklyn from Europe that had started a church in Brooklyn, and he would go over to Europe periodically and have evangelistic tent meetings over there. And he heard about these two families, and the Lord put it on his heart to be part of God's rescue mission for these 10 orphans. The Spirit of God spoke to him. He went back to his church in Brooklyn and said, we are going to sponsor those 10 orphans over to the United States, and we are going to raise them. That's a rescue mission. God wants you to be part of a rescue mission, not raising 10 orphans, I don't think, but... So, sure enough, many, most in that congregation prayed. Many gave funds, gave money to bring those 10 children over. And then some actually raised those children. 
They came over in 1948. The family, the four siblings came over on one ship. Uh, a second ship brought the six children on the right over. It was a 10-day journey by ship in 1948. Six orphan children on a boat, not knowing where they're going. And those six orphan children wound up in New York Harbor getting off the ship on Christmas Eve, 1948. Sounds like a movie. But it was part of God's rescue mission. I'll tell you the rest of the story at the end, but we want to get into the Bible. Second Chronicles chapter 22. This story centers around a one-year-old boy and two women who played a pivotal role in his rescue story. And in turn, the Messiah comes from that line of David that this one-year-old boy is from. Second Chronicles 22, verses 1 through 3. The people of Jerusalem made Ahaziah, Jehoram's youngest son, king in his place, since the raiders who came with the Arabs into the camp had killed all the older sons. So Ahaziah, son of Jehoram, king of Judah, began to reign. Ahaziah was 22 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem one year. His mother's name was Athaliah. Any Athaliahs in the room? Oh, you'll be glad you're not named Athaliah after I'm done with you today. His mother's name was Athaliah, a granddaughter of Omri. He, too, followed the ways of the house of Ahab. That's Ahab and Jezebel infamy. The Baal worshipers that Elijah had his battle with. He too followed the ways of the house of Ahab, for his mother encouraged him to act wickedly. Happy Mother's Day! I don't think there's a Hallmark card for that mom. What kind of flowers do you give the mom that encouraged you in wickedness on Mother's Day? Well, the story continues, and we find out in verse 9 that the king, Ahaziah, Athaliah's son, is killed. So that leaves a vacancy now as king or for a queen. Second Chronicles 22 will continue, verses 10 through 12, and this is where we're going to land this morning. When Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, the king, saw that her son was dead, she proceeded to destroy the whole royal house of the house of Judah. She killed her whole family when her son died. But Jehoshaphat, watch this, the daughter of King Jehoram, took Joash, son of Ahaziah, and stole him away from among the royal princes who were about to be murdered, and put him and his nurse in a bedroom. Because Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Jehoram and wife of the priest Jehoiada, was Ahaziah's sister, she hid the child from Athaliah so that she could not kill him. He remained hidden with them at the temple of God for six years, while Athaliah ruled the land. The king is dead, King 
Ahaziah is dead. And instead of mourning, instead of being distraught, instead of choosing a casket like some of the moms in this room have had to do for their son, instead of doing the typical things you would think a mom would do when her son has passed away, she sees an opportunity to get power and to become queen. And she's going to kill the rest of the family so that she can be queen. But someone steps in and rescues the youngest son of King Ahaziah, Joash. Someone comes to his rescue. And he is one years old at this point. Grandma Athaliah, not exactly the grandmother of the year, not exactly the Proverbs 31 woman that we read about, not exactly a woman you would preach on Mother's Day, unless you're Linda Shrek. <laughs> this will be my one and only Mother's Day sermon. Thank you, Pastor Greg. I'll be in children's ministry next Mother's Day if you're looking for me. To say she wasn't your typical grandma is an understatement. Grandma Athaliah's legacy to her children and her grandchildren was to kill them, not to sing uh, the songs that we just sang. She was going to control her destiny and take things into her own hands and do whatever it took to be the one in control, to be the sovereign. So she's murdering everyone in her family, and she gets to the top. She becomes queen. But one remains, the one who was rescued, the one who God sent a rescue mission to save. Grandma Athaliah was consumed by power, by the desire to be queen, and nothing and no one, not even her flesh and blood, were going to take that away from her. No one except God, the ultimate rescuer. So Joash is one years old, and he's from the line of David. He can trace his family tree back to David, of David and Goliath fame the first king of Israel, or the second king of Israel, my apologies, second king of Israel. God has made a covenant with his chosen people that the Messiah will be born one day from the house and lineage of David, from the line of David. The lamp of David, the light of David, will continue through generations, and then the Messiah, the savior of the world, will be born from the line of David. Well, Grandma Athaliah could care less about God's covenant with his people. Things looked bleak. Circumstances all dictated destruction. Becoming queen was her goal, and she killed off all the other relatives, and she was queen. Yet, God. Job 42.2 tells us that no plan of God's can be thwarted, not even by a grandma. Isaiah 59.1 says, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save or to rescue. That's one of my favorite verses. That's Isaiah 59.1. 
The arm of the Lord is not too short to save or to rescue, and his ear is not too dull to hear. So how does one-year-old Joash get rescued from the clutches of mean queen grandma Athaliah? Well, verse 11 and 12 told us that Jehoshaphat rescues him. She is the half-sister of the king who passed away. She is the stepdaughter of Queen Athaliah. Athaliah is her stepmother. Cinderella's stepmother had nothing on this one. Well, Jehoshaphat is going to go against mean queen Grandma Athaliah, and she is going to rescue the one-year-old, her nephew. Aunt Jehoshaphat plays a pivotal role in Joash's life, in the future of Judah and in the future of the Messiah coming through the line of David. God was going to come to Joash's rescue through his aunt and through a nurse, and Joash was going to find protection, provision, and purpose in his life, all because the aunt rescued him, and rescued him to the very presence of God in the temple of God. So let's look at the presence of God for a moment, shall we? So God's presence, where he is now hidden, Joash, there is protection. In God's presence, there is protection. Second Chronicles 22, 11 and 12 again. Jehoshaphat hid the child from Athaliah so she could not kill him. He remained hidden with them at the temple of God for six years while Athaliah ruled the land. When I was in elementary school, we used to have bomb drills in the 60s. Now they do different drills. But back then, we were told, when the siren goes off, hide under your desk. Well, that was tough for me, even at that age, to hide under the desk. And really? Was that going to help us? Or they said, go out in the hall and put your hands over your head and face the wall. Well, that's a solution. It'll be fine. I have my hands over my head and I'm facing a wall. But God's hiding place is perfect, without fail. His aunt brought little Joash into the hiding place, a place secure, the temple, the presence of God. That was to be his hiding place for six years. Joash was not only going to be in the temple whenever the doors were open, he was going to live in the temple. He was going to live his formative years in the very presence of God. Joash didn't know that he was supposed to hide. He didn't know how to hide. He didn't know where to hide. But he had someone that came to his rescue. He had an aunt that took him and rescued him. God used her on a rescue mission, ladies. And he's looking 
to use you today as well. Why do we do children's ministry? Because we know that if we can just get the children into the presence of God at a young age, they are rescued from the Athaliahs of this world. They are rescued from the enemy of their soul. Psalm 32, 7 says, You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Can you hear it? Joash is in the temple, and what does he hear? He hears the praises of God. He hears his aunt and uncle walking and praying, talking to Jesus before Jesus was even born, talking to God. He was rescued from the evil one and surrounded with this presence of God. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. Proverbs 18.10. Show the wonder of your great love, you who save by your right hand those who take refuge in you from their foes, from the enemy, from their Athaliah. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings, Psalm 17.7. God used little Joash's aunt to get him into the presence of God, and God wants to use you in that same way to get someone into the safe haven of the presence of God, to be part of God's rescue mission. So, in God's presence, we have protection. Secondly, in God's presence, there is provision. We read in that text again that uh, Jeho uh, Jehoshaphat put him and his nurse in a bedroom. He's hidden in the temple for six years with who? A nurse. Why is a nurse part of the rescue mission that God has? Because the nurse can anticipate his needs as a one-year-old. The nurse can meet his needs. The nurse was God's provision for Joash during that time. God used someone not related to Joash. Ladies, you don't have to be a mom for God to use you and impact the life of others and of children. The nurse was in the hiding place with him. The provision was with him. The provision was present, meeting his needs, encouraging him, disciplining him, potty training him, teaching him to walk, all of the basics, up with him at night when he had a bad dream, comforting him. And God is looking for you to bring the presence of God with you into someone's life and be part of their rescue. Think of that. Philippians 4.19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. In God's presence, there is provision. Whatever you have need of, salvation in the presence of God, peace in the presence of God, correction, patience, the ability to forgive, healing, as we heard Wednesday night in Encounter. Whatever you need, he provides in his presence. And how does he do that? More times than not, through someone like you being used by God 
to carry out his rescue mission. So in God's presence, there's protection, there's provision, and lastly, there is purpose. Psalm 33, 11, But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever, the purposes of his heart through all generations, as we sung, through a thousand generations, as we sung earlier. Within the course of the time of the rescue, within the confines of the hiding place, the plan and purpose for Joe Ash's life began to unfold. Within the hiding place, I'm sure his nurse would rock him to sleep and whisper in his ear, this is for a reason, Joe Ash. God has a purpose for his, your life. You have been rescued for a purpose. You're in the hiding place. You're safe in God. God has rescued you for a reason, little Joe Ash. He has a perfect plan for your life, and this is part of it. Joe Ash and those around him had to be patient, though, for the purposes of God to be manifested and to come forward. What God had in store for him was being revealed during those six years. But he had to be patient, and those around him had to be patient and not go ahead of what God was doing. Well, the rescue was a moment, but the mission continued to unfold. And here we are, six years later. We're now in Second Chronicles 23. If you have not read this lately, let me encourage you to read these two chapters, 2 Chronicles 22 and 23. So we're at 23 now, and the reason for the rescue is about to be revealed. Joash's purpose is about to become unfolded for everyone to see, including mean queen grandma Athaliah, who's been having a heyday as queen for the last six years. 2 Chronicles 23, 3 and 4 says, Jehoiada which is uh, Jehoshaphat, the aunt's husband, and he's the priest in the temple. Jehoiada says to them, the assembly, the king's son shall reign, as the Lord promised concerning the descendants of David. Now this is what you are to do. King Ahaziah's only surviving son, Joash, was going to be king. And Jehoiada, the priest, explains the plan to the commanders and the whole assembly. They're each assigned a role and a position for this critical moment. Some were assigned to usher. Some were assigned to be in the nursery. Oh, no, that's here. Each was given an assignment to further the rescue mission along. Oh, that is like here, isn't it? I want to encourage you to read this whole uh, story, Second Chronicles 22 and 23. I'm just going to give you a brief synopsis now. Joash is seven years old, and the moment comes. Yes, the seven-year-old is going to be king. Every kid's dream is about to unfold. If only I was Joe Ash, the boys would say now. He's seven years old. Everyone takes up their station. They bring 
Joash out. They put the crown on his head. He's presented with a copy of the covenant that the descendants of the Messiah will come from the line of David. He's presented with the covenant. He's anointed. They proclaim him king. The trumpets, it says, are blaring. John Shrek. Oh, thank you. There's loud shouting and cheering. Long live the king, they're shouting, it says in 2 Chronicles 23. Well, mean queen, Grandma Athaliah, hears the commotion. She goes to the temple where she has not been for the last six years. The enemy has no authority in the temple, by the way. She realizes she's been had, and she screams, treason, and, well, she meets her demise in Joash's king. Happy Mother's Day. In God's presence, there's protection, there's provision, there's purpose. The line of David continued. Joash became king. The promise of the Messiah was fulfilled. Hundreds of years later, Jesus was born and can trace his lineage back to Joash. And God used a couple of women to be part of the rescue mission of Joash. Well, now let me tell you the rest of the story from the pictures earlier. We have those two families up here again. And uh, Danielle can come to the keyboard when she's ready. Ten children. Now, if you look in the picture here, uh, the family on the left, there's a girl on the left. She's 12 years old in 1948 when she comes over with her siblings as orphans. If you look on the family on the right, uh, there's a boy that looks forlorn with big ears next to his mom. He, too, is 12 years old in 1948 and comes over orphaned with his siblings. Ten children come over. And a church in Brooklyn is part of their rescue mission of God, part of their rescue story. Well, those two 12-year-olds, the girl and the boy, they grow up. In their mid-20s, they get married. I think we have a wedding picture. There's a wedding picture. Someone had to buy her dress. Arlene Miller's aunt, Arlene Miller's a member here, bought that wedding dress for that bride. I stand here and tell you, that is Elsa and John Shrek. Those are my husband's parents. I'm going to have my husband stand up just so you see the connection. John is first-generation-born American, and those are his parents. Those of you may remember Steve Fair and Eileen Fair. They have since moved to the state that we don't mention around here because everyone moves to Florida, I mean to that state. Steve Fair's grandfather was part of the Ridgewood Pentecostal Church in Brooklyn and gave money to bring those 10 orphan children home. I taught Steve Fair's grandfather's great-grandchildren in children's ministry in this church. Arlene Miller's a member here. She'll be here in the next service, I think. Her parents gave money 
to bring those 10 orphan children over. They were part of the Ridgewood Pentecostal Church. And Arlene's aunt and uncle, who had no children of their own, listen, John's, uh, Arlene's aunt and uncle had no children of their own, took on John and Elsa as their own. And those two people became my husband's grandparents that he never had if it hadn't been for John and Lillian Bieber. And Lillian Bieber taught my husband how to bake when he was a little boy. Yes! Those two orphan kids had three children who got married to three spouses. There are now 30 that come from those two, and all 30 are serving the Lord today. Isaiah 25, O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and praise your name, for in perfect faithfulness you have done marvelous things, things planned long ago. You have been a refuge for the poor, a refuge for the needy in his distress, a shelter from the storm, and a shade from the heat. God is in the rescuing business, and he wants to use you on his rescue mission. I'm going to ask all the ladies to stand, all of the ladies in the room, whether you're an aunt, whether you have no children and no nieces and nephews as John and Lillian Bieber did. All of the ladies are standing. Pastor Greg is going to come and pray. But ladies, God is looking to you to be part of his rescue plan, to be his hands and feet and rescue the perishing. You may not know the magnitude of the influence you have. I stand here before you as Mrs. John Shrek and say thank you for the influence you are having. God wants to change the trajectory of 10 orphans and of other boys and girls and adults. He wants to change the trajectory of their life through a rescue mission that involves you ladies. Whether it's a smile, whether it's a conversation. I came in this morning, I have flowers on my desk. Do you know who they're from? They're from the cleaning people that say, thank you for being nice to us. That's what the card says. They don't know that if they don't clean, I'm not going to be so nice. <laughs> There's more to that story. But the magnitude of the pivotal moment, the rescue moment, is not measured by size, but measured by us saying yes to God's divine appointment. Ladies, let's let God use us on his rescue mission. God bless you. Amen.